Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. And tonight we are joined by a very special guest, Daniel Sunjata, who plays Charlie in Netflix's Echoes, which was like the number one show for many, many weeks. Daniel, thank you so much for being our guest today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today, brother? I'm great. I'm excited to talk to you. But I got to tell you, I became a big fan of yours back on your day as a manifest, which wasn't that long ago. But well, I mean, you know, it's, we're going back a few years that I shot it anyway. I don't yeah, know how long it yeah. And uh, I fell in love with your character there. And Charlie was just fascinating on Echoes. And for those of you that don't know, Echoes is now streaming on Netflix. Uh, if you have not watched it, uh, it's a highly recommended show. It's going to keep you Please on the watch. edge of your seats. And it's going to keep you guessing the whole way and have you scratching your head trying to figure out what's going on. Mm. So let's get started with Charlie, the character. Viewers like myself, as the show progresses, really start to wonder what Charlie's motivations are. Now, in regards to that, how do you view Charlie in regards to his motivations? Yeah, his motivations are good. Uh, And I don't really think... <clears throat> I guess an argument could be made that there might be one or two characters whose motivations are exceptionally like, you know, yeah. questionable. Uh, I, and I don't want to give spoilers out because it sounds like maybe a lot of your viewers haven't seen the show. But well, yeah, I mean, like, can I just speak freely? Well, it's been out for a while and a lot. This, is, a this was yeah. a number one show, so we can sort of okay. dive into spoilers Let's a little bit. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Charlie's motivations are definitely good. Um, he is a, a bit of an odd bird because he's a, you know, he's a he's a psychotherapist. He's a clinician. He studies at, you know, people works with people with aberrant psychological conditions, exhibiting aberrant behavior. He does this for a living. And I think that he is shocked to find an example of that so close to home. Um, and uh, when the, the the when when Lenny and Gina start switching between husbands, pre- acting as if they they think they've got us fooled. Well, they, they have Matt Bomer's character fooled. They have Jack fooled. Mm-hmm. But Charlie Charlie's known the entire time. You're talking about somebody who literally paid, it is his job to pay attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And I think he just like, when he saw that, wow, they're they're actually fully committed to this. They're going all the way. Yeah, it's not. It hasn't been a day. It hasn't been a week, and then like, haha, got you. No, it's like for a year at a time, like crazy. And I think that he just found it so interesting. And act, and but then he's also emotionally he's attached to them both, and he definitely loves Gina, his wife. I just uh, I think it got to a point where there was just no going back, and he just sat back and just kind of watched it all. Watched it all happen. Now, going to Charlie's ethical behavior as a therapist. Now, Gina was your patient, and you ended up marrying her. Uh, That sort of speaks to Charlie's ethical boundaries. What um, what are your (laughs) thoughts on that? Well, I had never really thought about it, thought about that in particular. I mean, I guess I had, but not like, what does it say about Charlie? Yeah. I mean, I wonder when I never decided for myself, I'm talking about Daniel, the actor, when was the point in terms of the backstory? Like, did, did was he was he sexually attracted to her while they were, you know, while he was her therapist? Did that happen afterwards? I always assumed that it happened afterwards, that there was absolutely no 
crossing of the boundary. Like during, after therapy ended. After therapy ended, I think, is when they probably went on their first date. Okay. But, um, you know, it's interesting, John. They say, like, some of the best detectives could have been great criminals. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think that to be a really good, it might be true that really good psychotherapists, like, dealing with aberrants, they might be well acquainted with it, not because they themselves, but that they have the propensity and the capacity to do some dark shit. Yeah. Am I allowed to say shit? Oh, yeah. You're allowed to say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, they have the capacity to, for, for dark shit. They can understand it. They can cognize it. They can, under, they can you know, uh, philosophize about it, and treat it. And so I think that there's something about it that they obviously are kind of find attractive. Exactly. It was kind of drawn to the weirdness of this situation. Now, the, the reveal to us that Charlie has known about this for a while is when yeah. Lenny Gina goes snooping into your private office at, at home and they discover your journals. And yeah. in your journals, the part that we get to see is how you explain them separately in bed, uh, sexually. Um, yeah. Now, when it came to the whole twist in your character of knowing all along uh when you first read that when you first heard about it what did you think you're like oh man damn this is exciting what what were yeah. your thoughts i thought i thought wow what a crazy twist mm -hmm. and then you know like uh you know what does that mean that means that he he knows not only that they've been switching but he knows that that I believe uh, matt's character's name is jack that yeah. jack is sleeping with 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 gina mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. so like it's like it's he's a, it's an open-eyed couple swapping thing when it comes to its eyes wide open for Charlie yeah. he lets it go and you know it, it, it is it okay is it like a good thing what can we what can we I, yeah Charlie's intentions are good but everybody there's a lot of people with good intentions that do really fucked up things exactly and the fact that he didn't put a stop to it didn't call it out didn't say no you know is uh it's certainly questionable but that Char makes him but it makes him an interesting character who would want to just play good people exactly and oh, we, we we get into this we get into this profession to play horrifically weird individuals and charlie's <laughs> main line is i never judged okay that's what he says yeah. repeatedly is i never judged yeah. i watched i i observed and i loved you for who you were yeah. now you were charlie was presented with a question towards the end of the series did you love me or were you just fascinated by what we did? And he answers by saying, I was both fascinated and loved you both. Uh, do you think he was being honest with that particular answer? I think he was, but I don't, I think that he, I think he was in love with Gina and had love for Lenny. I, okay. think, I think that that's what happened. At least that's how it started out. Uh, when the series ends, they, the, I'm going to tell you this. The writers and the producers never told the actors who shows up at the end. Of course, there's we a, don't know. There's a mystery woman. No, I know that they, they, they want the audience to be confused, mm -hmm. but they left us in the dark. So I think it was Lenny. I think it's Lenny that comes back at the very end. You know, they try, they're trying to set up a possibility of a sequel, which, just so your viewers know, I've heard nothing about yeah. this. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think it will. I don't think it will, but it could. It could, and it could. Uh, I definitely see a lot of possibilities with them bringing him back. And you say you think it's Lenny. I would have to agree because 
out of the two sisters, Lenny and Gina, we find out that Lenny is the sort of sociopath. And we yeah. know that that's a product of her being damaged by seeing what her father did to her mother and her sort of misinterpreting it. And then in that big confrontation scene uh, towards the end where they're at that waterfall and yeah. uh, Gina is trying to explain to Lenny that no, mom wanted it to happen. It was a mutual decision. Lenny was finding it very hard to believe. Now, uh, you can make a strong argument that Charlie is a manipulator himself. Uh, he yeah. does love them, but again, fascinated from a clinical standpoint to observe this up close in real time and not only observe it, be a part of their lives. What are yeah. your, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's that that's the that's the that's the appeal to his dark side that I think was too much for him to resist. Like I said, it's a it's a case study that's happening in real time. Mm -hmm. Not for 50 minutes twice a week with this with this really interesting person that comes in. No, this is in my life. <clears throat> Excuse me, happening right now in front of my face. And I think once he was able to get over maybe his jealousy that, you know, because he did have to allow, mm -hmm. he, had, he had to be willing to share his in order to, it shared a, a, a Gina, in order to experience Lenny, right? Um, I think once he got past that, it was like, again, I think you pass it, there's a point of no return. And I think he got so deep into it that uh, at a certain point, like if he was, if he was gonna call them out, he should have done it at the beginning. By the time we get to episode six, you know, or not that, but like by the time, by the, once enough time had passed in the context of these relationships, I think it becomes harder and harder. Mm -hmm. And maybe he was more and more fascinated. Maybe exactly. he was more and more titillated, more and more seduced by it. And um, so, yeah, I'm sure he's telling the truth that he was fascinated. And I'm sure he's telling the truth that there was love there. But there was also the uh, the appeal to his darker side. You know what I'm saying? And he and which was too strong. He never admits that. But no. that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Now, where what we are shown is that uh, Charlie doesn't know when the switch happens. So when Gina goes to Virginia to see what's happened with her missing sister, and you discover the maps of uh, Lake Tahoe, and it's really, you know, you're confused as to what her actual plans are. Are we mm -hmm. to take away from that that, yes, Charlie knew they were switching, but he didn't know when or how they were doing it? I think that that is correct because I was also confused. I was like, well, I thought that he's always known. So yeah. like, why does he seem to be confused by this? I think that he sometimes doesn't know exactly when or definitely exactly how. The, you know, the lengths to which they go, John, they match scars. They yeah. match, you know, uh, any little change. You know what I mean? Like they go so hard in the paint <laughs> with the switching. So, you know, I'm a father. And there have been times when I know my daughter, one of my daughters is doing something. I don't know how she's doing it. And I don't know exactly when she's doing it. I've got three teenagers, so I know exactly what you know, you're doing. So you yeah. know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I think it was, I think it was that. I think he was just confused. And then also there is genuine concern for their whereabouts. You know, uh, there's that one time where I think where Gina's gone missing. At the police station. Yeah, and we got the big argument outside the police, mm -hmm. there, outside the hospital. So he definitely cares. He doesn't want anybody to get hurt, you know. And you, and you make a, a, a statement outside that police station to Lenny where you say, uh, we both know what happens to Gina when she gets in this way. 
That's right. You know, that's right. that was that's a right. very important statement hidden in there that I found fascinating. Now, at yeah. the very end, when we see the two of you together, you the last line of the show is literally, I will figure out which of the two you are. Okay? Mm. And then the show ends. Now that the, the secrets have been revealed, uh, and for potential sequel that it may continue what do you think charlie's approach now that everything's out in the open what would you think he would do not knowing you know i mean what do you think he how does he handle this new situation now wow you know what john i have no idea That's, I yeah. have, and this is one of the reasons why it is i have, I have i've kind of thought about it like okay if there was a sequel what would they do where would where do we go from here you know what I mean? And thank God I'm not a writer, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I really I really can't answer that question. I wish I had an interesting, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Exactly. I think, I think this might be, this might be a situation. Not everything, I, they always want to cover their, tra not cover their tracks, but, you know, they always want to set things up for the possibility of a sequel, just yeah. in case. Just. But not everything, some some things are, should, are best just left weirdly unfinished. Exactly. And that's the whole point, is mm -hmm. that it's weirdly unfinished, you know. I think that that's one of my lines, Charlie's lines as well. Uh, big emotional scene that happens in the hotel room, and he says something about it's just, it was just left unfinished. Yeah. Um, I think it's okay for the show to not have a sequel. I, I agree. I agree. If you guys want to do that, call me up. I'll be there. <laughs> do you think there are lines in the sand that Charlie will not cross? Or is he so obsessed with their lifestyle, what they've done, that he that may really obscure his judgment? I think that, yeah, his judgment, obviously, yes, could, could be obscured. When you say lines that don't cross, in what way? Like, what do you mean by that? Continue more down a darker path. I mean, yeah, we saw him keep the secret, observe, fascinated, love them both. Yeah. But we know that Lenny is has become sort of a sociopath. She's yeah. capable of murder. We Absolutely. know that. Uh, so sort of more like be manipulated by Lenny. If Charlie can be manipulated, he is very smart and possibly fall into her traps into doing stuff that he never thought he would be able to do. Yeah, I don't think that Charlie, yeah, no, I think that there's there are definite lines in the sand that Charlie would not cross, no matter how much he might love either of them. But with Lenny in particular, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to uh, yeah. conspire with her to murder other people, yeah. you know what I mean? Or willingly participate in anything like that. No, absolutely not. I, I agree. I agree. During that yeah, party scene in Virginia, uh, there's a moment where, you know, you're having a conversation where it sort of feels like there are more secrets that more skeletons that Charlie has in his closets that we don't get to find out about. Um, mm. When you were building up this backstory to play this character, uh, did that ever come into play? How did you build a backstory to get into the, the the mindset of Charlie? Well, Quentin Peoples helped a lot with that. You know, he's like basically the creator, showrunner, executive yeah. producer. Um, and we had a, a bunch of writers. Um, and they helped a lot with that. Also, though, we didn't have a tremendous amount. I did not have a tremendous From the time that I got the offer to the time when I had to show up and start shooting, there's a very small window. Yeah. Normally you would have, if you have more preparation time, you could get into your journaling as the character and doing all kinds of stuff to try to like 
build the backstory for your character to make it as real as possible. By the way, these are for you and your audience. These are often things that you can't really play on screen. It just it, it just it it it, uh, it undergirds and supports the your your portrayal of the character. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know, the, but sometimes backstory, like what are his other secrets? What might, what was his past? That kind of thing. Uh, they didn't give me a lot of that. I had to take Charlie mostly off of the page, and because the story was so weird, it was I was mostly focused on on what was on the page. John, I didn't even know the first time I read the scripts. I didn't know when it was Lenny, when it was Gina, <laughs> when it was Lenny as Gina, and when it was Gina as Lenny. I had no idea. So you were like and, us. And I, I was calling them and I, I, you know, calling the producer, they're like, Daniel, it's not you. Everybody's having this problem. We're going to have to track this with like color coded post-it notes throughout <laughs> seven scripts. So that was the main homework assignment. I don't know what Charlie's other secrets might be. <laughs> but, uh, now, your scenes primarily are opposite of Michelle Monaghan, a great yeah. actress. She Stand had to play Gina, Lenny. Uh, what was it like working with Michelle as she transformed from Lenny to Gina? Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, it was um, it was a masterclass, really, because I've never had to do that. That's yeah. a degree of difficulty. I can tell you, as somebody who knows how we actors make the donuts, that is a solid nine out of ten in terms of hard to do. Yeah. So she had to do. So every scene. With that that contain that were Lenny uh, were Gina see I, Lenny and Gina uh, were were, were uh, Lenny and Gina were in the same scene. Michelle has to shoot those scenes twice. She has to play Gina, then she uh, with with a body double as Lenny, then she yep. has to play Lenny with a body double uh, uh, as as Gina in front of a green screen, and but as if she's acting with herself. And exactly. it's crazy how they cut that together and. You would never know. You would literally think that there's two Daniels sitting here. You know what I mean? Exactly. It is the weirdest thing. So watching her do that was amazing. She was also very generous. Uh, she worked horrifically long hours. She would be there first and leave last. And I mean, week after week after week. I did not envy that at all. <laughs> um, and I was also very uh, gratified to work with Matt Bomer. Uh, he is... He's super talented. I mean, his performance in the normal heart to this mm -hmm. day, I think, is one of the best things I've ever seen. Yes. Um, and we were both uh, we've known each other for years because we were both on the USA Network. He was obviously uh, it's not suits. I always get it's white collar. Yeah. And I was on Graceland. But both shows created by Jeff Easton. So yeah. like I've had a long, long relationship with Matt. So getting to work with him was great. He's a nice guy, but unfortunately, he's not very good looking. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> I've never seen more perfect symmetry on a human face than Matt Bomer. Um, so yeah, no, it was a it was a great experience, John. And Michelle was just a dream. She was fantastic. Now Charlie has money. Uh, it's sort of mentioned that he comes from family money. Is that true? Is is he is Charlie fam old family money, or is he a self made man? I don't I think that he I think he definitely has some family money, but I don't know if it's like old money. We're not talking Martha's Vineyard money. Yeah, not yeah. That, like old, old money. Um <laughs> succession money. I don't think we're talking about that. I think that he definitely got an inheritance. And I think that he's also made a tremendous amount of money again uh as a as a clinician, as a psychotherapist. But uh yeah, did you did you see that house in West Hollywood? Oh my god. Baller. Baller. <laughs> oh man, yeah.
Uh, Karen nice. Robinson was our guest a couple of weeks ago, and she did a great uh, job playing Sheriff Floss. Uh, yeah. I posed a question to her that really one of the undertone themes of this mo- of this show is how one little lie leads to another until you're ultimately trapped in a situation that you cannot get out of. What are yeah. your thoughts on that? That is 100% true, and I think I learned that lesson as a younger man painfully yeah <laughs> just you know through many different situations you just you try even when your intentions are good and this is a little white lie yeah you know what i mean uh yeah and i it mean snowballs would you say it snowballs it snowballs on you before you know it you know you're trapped in the snowball you're rolling downhill and the only way out is you know ultimately it's 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 always ugly so it's, yeah. just, it's best it's best to try to be honest as honest as we can unless your girlfriend asks you if she looks fat in those jeans. Oh, God, totally yeah. lie. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there are the rules of no, marriage no. that every man knows. Daniel, I want to thank you so much. Your thank portrayal you. of Charlie in Echoes was absolutely brilliant. Thank uh, you. you brought such life to this character in ways that I cannot even describe. You were, The whole cast was brilliant, and all of you did a fantastic job. What was your greatest takeaway from doing this series? Man, um, my greatest takeaway. Um, I don't know, John. It was like there, I mean, it was um this sounds so superficial, but uh in, in terms of an accomplishment, like first of all, I've I've always wanted to work on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to do a limited series. It was a straight offer, which I was shocked when my people called me and I was like, I don't even have to audition. They're like, no, they just want you. I was like, uh yeah, wow. you know. Um, yeah. And the fact that we didn't know how well the show would perform, I was hoping that we would get into the top 10. But the fact that we held down the number one spot for about two and a half weeks, exactly, um, that was amazing. So that was fantastic. Uh, getting to work with the people that you've already mentioned, um, most especially Michelle. That was, you know, and I learned so much from you know watching her. Um, and then the opportunity to play such an interesting, weird you know, kind of corrupted but well-meaning dude in the care in, in the form of Charlie Davenport. Yeah. It's just it, it, all of that. There was no one particular thing. That's, but I also want I want to leave you with this, John. You have you have given me the most thoughtful interview that I've had in this entire process. And when wow. I say this process, I don't mean today. I'm talking uh, over the course of the last six to eight months where we've been doing any yeah. kind of press for the show. The questions that you asked. Look, some I had to I had to remember. I was like, "Well, he knows more about the show than I do." <laughs> like, Thank you're you. You're super super prepared, man. You are a very consummate professional. Thank you're you, very Daniel. That, that yeah. is such a huge compliment, and it means yeah, yeah, so yeah. much to me. You are yeah. amazing. I want to thank our guest, Daniel Sunjara. Again, guys, the show is called Echoes. It's a seven-part limited series available now on Netflix. If you haven't already see, seen it, check it out. As soon as you watch it, you'll end up binge watching it straight through. It's amazing. I want to thank Daniel. I want to thank our view, viewers, those who are tuning in live and those who will watch later on. On behalf of Daniel and myself, stay safe. And until next time, stay walking. Bye, everybody. Peace and love.